action. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer, Jew, and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk, and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And non-Jew. I'm atheist. And we're going to the movies. This is the first part of a three-part holiday special. For this episode, we watched The Holiday, directed by Nancy Myers. The Holiday is a 2006 comedy starring Kate Winslet as an unlucky-in-love London-based journalist who does a festive house exchange with recently single Cameron Diaz over in LA. Comedy ensues. <laughs> Did you see this back in the day, Joshua? Uh, I didn't. My friend is a huge fan of this film. Hi, John. And he's always gone on about how much he loves it, thinks it's the best film ever. He thinks and, it's the best uh, film ever. Well, maybe not the best film ever, but he loves Kate Winslet, so he's always going to fight her corner. And um, I always just thought it looked like utter shit, so I never watched it. And then last year I had the flu, and I was just kind of like browsing through Netflix, and I shoved on the holiday. And this is a sign of how unwell I was, that it made me cry. <laughs> God, and uh, all of it. And I felt really like really moved by it and then when i re-watched it last week i was like fuck i really was ill when i watched this the first time around i think i was delirious because this film is ridiculous yeah i think there are i think these sort of films are a staple of the time they came out because i remember when i was sort of getting into movies in the big bad way and i started watching things on cable and you know like recalling stuff off off the sky movie channels um and i was sort of making my own little sort of vhs tapes and my own catalogue one film that I sort of went back to time and time again was her film from a, Nancy Meyer's film from a few films before this, What Women Want. Uh-huh. You know, the uh, the film with Mel Gibson before all the racist shit and all the homophobic shit and the sugar tits. Just, just the sexist shit. Instead. Just before this. Well, yeah. I mean, the film is incredibly sexist, that one. But he sort of can read women's minds so he knows what women want and i remember watching that thinking this is this is fucking funny this is like john landis funny what a what a brilliant concept who why why did it take so long to think of this because this is genius they cinema must stop because they can't possibly match this and then i watched that film again earlier this year and i was horrified by how (laughs) awful it was how awful it was but the thing is, like, Nancy Myers makes a very specific kind of film that's, like, kind of white, glossy, elitist kind of comedies. She's so, the female Richard Curtis. Yeah, she is. She kind of, she, they, she populates her films with kind of white, perfect teeth Americans who live in beautiful, huge white houses. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just this really bizarre fantasy fairy tale land where there are no black people, there are no homosexuals. As far as I if there remember. are homosexuals, well, they are homosexuals. <laughs> It's Do you remember odd. Habitat, the shop? <laughs> yes. This is Habitat, the movie. Yeah, Because is. everything is, oh, I've got the, the most perfect throw pillow. Yeah. Like, it's, I've it's got all... blackout blinds. Look yeah, at my like, candlesticks. Golly gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's all Just right. hockey sticks. Oh, hello, hockey sticks. Oh, that kind of, I want to speak to the manager, that kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend at the time, we're single now. I mean, we, we, we've split up now. Um, he dragged me to see this because I would I would always make him go see things like Sin City, 
Mm-hmm. Or I think I think I saw Black Book, you know, Verhoeven's classic with him. Maybe not, but I always made made him go see things that he just didn't give a shit about. And the the two movies that I can remember him being okay with us seeing, one was Monster in Law with Jane Fonda and um, J Lo, and I I reacted to that film terribly. I was so ill. I was I felt fine going in but halfway through I felt so ill that we had to go home and I had to watch Star Wars. <laughs> but he decided we have to go see The Holiday and we saw it and I remember so clearly because it's it's burnt into my What's what's the name of the horrible the horrible bit of the brain that remembers all the trauma? Oh, I don't know. What is that? Well, that's where this film is stored <laughs> in my mind. So it's I, like the I remember of the Death Star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bit that you know the torpedo can hit. Yeah, and and you explode. <laughs> so I remember sitting. We we I like to sit in the back row of the cinema, not because I want some hanky panky, because I well, obviously grew up well. in the fifties. No, I'm watching the fucking film. Keep your hands to yourself, because I don't like people behind me. I just want a nice central view over people's heads. He made us sit close to the front of the screen. Maybe he wanted to be in the fucking movie, and. I was horrified. And it felt longer. I remember feeling it felt longer than it's two hours and seven it's minutes. two hours, 18 minutes long. Of, it's like a Lord of the Rings length film. Yeah. It's ridiculously long. But it felt, it felt a lot longer because it does go on and on. And I remember yeah. just thinking, that is a film I will never, ever watch before. Cut forward 12 years later... And I've, I've decided to do it for a podcast because <laughs> this was my choice, wasn't it? I think. I think it was, actually. You were really excited about it. You even sent me a picture of you buying the DVD. So. Yes, I found the DVD in Debenhams for like two ninety nine. Not in Habitat, sadly. Not in Habitat. But well, Habitat enough. doesn't exist anymore except online, does it? When, when Boston Sainsbury's bought it out, didn't it? Oh, so really? they're like, have, they, they have like... I can't Nancy even Myers not buy it out. Uh, she's done enough damage. <laughs> so... What struck me the most is, is what you said. It exists in a universe where only white, affluent people live. Now, Kate Winslet plays a journalist. You're a journalist. Mm-hmm. People on her level where she's not high up. At, I think it's the Observer she works at or something. No, it's the a, Times. The Times. Yeah. So it's not, she's not rolling in cash. But yet she owns a cottage in what I can only assume is a universe on the side of a biscuit tin. Yeah. Like a, like a festive biscuit tin yeah. when you see a little cottage. She lives in there and she gets the train there every day. So she lives in Surrey. She lives in Rose Hill Cottage, which is conveniently 40 minutes away from London. By high-speed train. So she must yeah. be paying at least 70 quid a week in travel. That cottage has got, a, it's got it sort of stretched to about one and a half million because oh, she's got, got some land as well. Yeah. How does she afford that? I know. I've... She must have inherited it from her very old grandmother or something. Because you live in a flat in Oval and you must be on the same wage as her. (laughs) (laughs) And and I don't see, I don't see, I mean, you've got, you've got one, you've got two bedrooms, a kitchen, which also doubles for the bathroom. Yeah. And you have to wash in the sink. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I do not live in Nancy Myers film. So that kind of took me out because I started, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening on screen. I was trying to calculate her annual income, yeah. her tax rebate, and how much her house has cost. Because yeah. she doesn't have a place, she doesn't have a spare room that she rents out. 
She has a dog, which I noticed. The dog who doesn't actually get reference. It gets referenced once in the entire film when Cameron Diaz says, I'm taking the dog out for a walk. Because she left her fa- her uh, lovely little dog I in know. London. I was like, is it a ghost dog? Because nobody <laughs> seems to be talking about this dog that just is living in this flat. Shot in the stomach six months before. <laughs> Only she can. I see dogs. Yeah. I see dogs. Why did Kate Winslet do this film? Kate, Win- the- Kate Winslet has never been more Kate Winslet than in this film. Like she uses her RP kind of... I think this is the first time she actually speaks in her own accent. Like normally she plays Americans, like Australians or Americans or anything. She reminds me of my um, auntie. Oh yeah, that's... who speaks? She, she's a trained actress. Has that same jolly hockey sticks kind of <laughs> like formerly jolly holly sticks now kind of jolly relaxed holly. a bit. But she's got that RP and that kind of same head movements and yeah, and same she... liberal you know thing going on. Yeah, she's kind of like Mary Poppins manic kind of tea brewing fruit cake making sister yeah that's kind of how she comes across in this i think but just as an actress who had she hadn't won the oscar then or she had maybe a couple of years later but you know she wasn't starving she wasn't starving of good roles you know she'd done titanic she was one she is she was and still is one of the best actresses in the world she's great and even when she's in shit movies like triple is it triple nine when she plays that that russian oh yeah when she's got the big sort of hair uh-huh. and the pink suit and the, the movie's terrible, but she's brilliant in it. Yeah. Not so much in this. I found it really excruciatingly embarrassing to watch her do a bed dance to walking on sunshine and yeah. air guitaring with a fucking pillow. Well, the, she, the thing that I feel like Nancy Myers was kind of trying to tap into this like screwball kind of 40s 50s kind of comedy where everyone's really enthusiastic and large in life and everyone bounces on the spot a lot and jumps around and waves their hands and stuff like tom fun with dick and jane or some shit yeah it's and it's just kind of really uh it really grates against modern kind of contemporary storytelling yeah it just feels like they're just all a bit high all the time this film was released in a post 9-11 world yeah there's no place (laughs) there's no place for movies like this in a miserable existence yeah in our miserable, grey, suppressed existence. But is that not why Nancy Myers is so popular? Because she, her films, I mean, for me, I felt, I felt it quite suffocating. But a lot of people maybe feel that like they're kind of like a movie hug, where it's like, it's okay. There, you could maybe have this life one day if you can figure out how to earn a million pounds a week. It is, yeah. So you can have a fucking cottage in Narnia. It is aspirational. <laughs> it's aspirational for liberals who don't know they're Republicans. Yeah. One hundred percent. Cameron Diaz, she used to make really good choices. I remember she used she did a couple of movies in her early career. She did The Mask. She did um, Very Bad Things, which she is brilliant in. Oh, I've never seen that one. She, you, you, you know it. No. So it's a bit of an ensemble cast. Jeremy Piven's in it. it. Was I think it was his first sort of dark comedy movie role because he found fame in Ellen. Remember the Ellen mm-hmm. sitcom? I love that show. So. He had a he had a um, a reputation for being like the lovable. Sorry, I've just had a cup of tea and I'm I'm regurgitating it. Um, he had a reputation for being the lovable rogue brother. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what's he done again? Then he did this film called Very Bad Things, where he's on a stag do and he's fucking a prostitute up against a wall in Vegas. And he's fucking her so hard and so wild that he slams her into the wall fitting, carries on fucking her. She dies. When he pulls out and, and pulls away, he realizes she's dead and stuck to the wall. Oh, God. So they then, the friends, they then have to 
bury the body. They have to get rid of the body. Cameron Diaz plays his fiance, who's back in wherever they come from, mm -hmm. just outside LA or whatever, maybe. No, just outside of Las Vegas, wherever. And she's so good in this film. She's so intense and she's so funny that you would think that's the career she's going to have. Then she did A Life Less Ordinary. Mm. Again, brilliant. And I haven't seen her do anything close to that since. Well, she's didn't done... she do Being John Malkovich as well? Yes, she but did Being John long... Malkovich. And she was phenomenal in that because she was so unconscious of, of her look. She was, you know, she had that fucked up, like I can say this, like frizzy Jew weave. And then she had, <laughs> I've got one too. I just keep mine under wraps. And she had those braces on and the bad skin. And she did not look like the movie star that she was being sort of made to be. Mm -hmm. She was like fucked up in that film. In this, this is, this is exactly what studio bosses want her to be. This ditzy blonde girl who, 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 who kind of, chases after the man she's so stripped of any control of of her femininity she's not a feminist she's like i need a man she's yeah, not she's, a character she's not complete without yeah exactly a man. and it's, it's really quite yeah. alarming and kate winslet's like that as well yeah she can't just be whatever her character is kate winslet she can only be either chasing the guy that she's trying to run away from or for some strange reason, in the last half an hour of the film, with Jack Black. Yeah. But do you know, the thing, the thing that I love about The Holiday is it's got this really beautiful love story at the centre of it, and it's not a love story between any of the, you know, the suitors at all. It's the story between Kate Winslet and uh, Eli Wallach, mm -hmm. who's the kind of old man who lives in LA across the street from her. Um, he looks about 150, and he, but he used to be in the movies, and mm -hmm. so she kind of... In the picture business. In the pictures. And she develops this beautiful friendship with him. And he kind of explains to her why basically she's being an utter moron over men. Yeah. He, you know, he tells her that she's acting like the best friend when she's actually the leading lady, mm -hmm. which is kind of like a nice postmodern wink towards the fact that Kate Winslet is a, a leading lady. Um, and they develop this beautiful friendship that's just really, really lovely and actually really moving. And if the entire film had been that, I would have really, really enjoyed it. But then they shoehorn Jack Black in. He was like, skiddle skiddle do 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 bow bow Although he was quite stuff. restrained in this film, I felt. And he yeah. was boring until the video store scene. I remember uh. howling with laughter at two points in the cinema. Uh -huh. um, the video store scene where he's like, Dunham, Dunham, two notes and you got an enemy. Genius. I remember laughing. The, the, the campiest suitor in the world. <laughs> and then Dustin Hoffman's like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> who actually Dustin Hoffman he wasn't even meant to cameo in the film was he Apparently, just in shopping <laughs> yeah he pulled up behind really? Blockbuster saw they were filming knew Nancy Myers and was like oh okay I'll be in the film which God. is why then stacks behind Dustin Hoffman uh, behind Jack Black are all Dustin Hoffman's films like Marathon Man and all that stuff brilliant Yeah. Um, and the telephone call where you know they've got the two lines she's like oh, I yeah. can't believe you slept with her in my house still me yeah that was still funny. me but classic Eli Wallach the film lit up mm. when he came on screen oh, there is a, a I've, i think i've said this before maybe not in this podcast actually <laughs> um there is oh no i think maybe i have there is a a real a real talent a, re, a real barometer of talent you can identify genuine talent when a genuinely great actor is in a shitty movie but they are still great mm. 
Yeah, he's heads. He's like he's tiny, but he's heads and shoulders above everyone else in this film. Yeah, he's so moving. even Kate Winslet, who I think does struggle in this film because there's no depth. And no, there isn't. She works with incredible depth. The 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 level of 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 the depth in in Eli Wallach and Eli Wallach and and the pathos and the the just in like he's carrying the weight of so many different love stories that he's either directed or written or he's experiencing his life on his shoulders and imparting that information over to Kate Winslet. It's, it's wonderful to watch. It's lovely. And also what's really lovely is that in the film, his character has won an Oscar and um, in 2011, he actually, Eli Wallach received an honorary Oscar for his, contributions to oh, really? to movie making yeah Aww. i know and then he died in 2014 he was old though wasn't he, he? Was 99 he was 99 like, good guy man <clears throat> he was in wolf of, no wolf of wall street um wall street 2 he's in wall street 2 oh, money yeah. never sleeps uh-huh which i didn't see he he again lights up that yeah. film yeah he does this really cool like bird thing saying it, everything flutters away like yeah. and it's just it's good like the way he moved his hand and the, the way he's like he like holds his stick I could watch him. Oh, I could God. watch, but you're right. The film should have been the almost like what they did in Philomena. This this relationship between two people who, who you know, would never be in the same room together, and yet somehow are. It was nice to watch that that friendship because yeah. you it, wait for that for those scenes. You're kind of like, okay, Cameron, come on, do your do your drunk thing and yeah. drunk driving around England. I have to say, you know, so much drunk driving yeah. in this film so much like not even a little bit just shopping around fucking whole foods with an open bottle of red wine i mean we've all done that it's like how are you gonna get home we've all done that the time Um, the time scale seemed off as well because it's like she seemed to arrive go shopping get all her food and all this kind of stuff and i felt like she'd been there a week and then jude law turns up and she's been there about five hours yeah i mean the first thing you do when you go on holiday and you have a holiday home you go to the shop right yeah, I agree, but it was just like this is a very long day. Like, what time did you arrive at ten yeah. or something? <laughs> um, Jude Law is another one of those actors that I feel doesn't need to do these sort of films. Mm. He, I feel, his personal reputation often overshadows what he does because he is a very, very competent actor. He's a very interesting actor to watch, but he makes really bad choices, or his agent makes incredibly <laughs> bad choices. Yeah, and actually, he was. He was surprisingly good in this, I thought. He was he was really likable, I thought. And kind of, yeah, there's that stupid thing where he doesn't reveal that he's got kids. I mean, because she basically shouts him down and kind of Hollywoods him into a corner. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I actually, I really liked him in this. I, I liked the fact that he was her opposite in terms of she kept I was, I was actually a bit worried for her because she kept clutching her chest a lot at the beginning of the film i was like this woman is actually gonna have a, a heart attack soon um, that's the la way no uh, but yeah she can't cry and he's a cry baby which i thought oh, was lovely no i thought that was great crying <laughs> where she's trying to <laughs> no can't do it well then that was that's like, like she's pushing tears out of her eyes but then nancy myers kind of did, did that <laughs> with um that. something's got to give as well with diane keaton oh i, I did not watch uh, that i did not watch that soundtrack's always really good in uh-huh. her films. Like, uh-huh. I remember listening nice. constantly. I still listen to the What Women Want soundtrack. Oh, really? I mean, it's really bizarre. It's got, like, all these, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra and all these, um, like, really cool, like, jazzy mm. big band music. Yeah, but then halfway through, you've got, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover. It's like, where did that come from? That's so left field. <laughs> that does not... You should have just left that out. No one needs that. <laughs> the other thing that I loved as well was the... 
the immaculate red train that everyone seemed to get in England. Everyone got the same train. It was like this pristine thing where there, there wasn't a bit of gum. There was no wear and tear. It was like this weirdly perfect train. Oh, what the what the one that Jude Law's on when he's yeah. like having the chat. And earlier in the film, Kate Winslet uses that train to get to the airport, and it's like, where can I get on that? Where is the I airport? Want that railway? Yeah, I don't know Heathrow, I guess. Well, only the tube goes there. Mm. See, it's living in a in a, in a completely different Dreamland. world. Dreamland. I really like the relationship between Jude Law and his kids. That's when that's when I felt a relationship chemistry was was lighting up the screen. There was no chemistry between. Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. Zero. Zero. I felt it was it was it was just pure drunk lust that suddenly yeah. he was at her door and then within five minutes they were like making out. Who the fuck makes out with a strange man that comes to not even your house? Your <laughs> yeah. essentially your Airbnb. Yeah. You would not well, let I mean, that man in, let alone let him in. Well, I mean, she was kind of desperate for a bit of passion, wasn't she? She was also sober and he was drunk, so has True. She, has she taken advantage? Yeah. Well, I was going to say taken advantage of it. You said the R word. <laughs> Fucking hell, Merry Christmas, Joshua. <laughs> Don't know what goes on in Cambridge where you're from. <laughs> Actually, Cambridge doesn't look too dissimilar from Surrey. No, I think that yeah, there are villages outside Cambridge that are quite similar to the, the village in this film. And you live, you come from, you come from Bury St. Edmunds or yeah. Edmunds St. Burry? Bury St. Edmunds. Bury St. Edmunds. Yeah. And it looks like this? Uh, no, not really. I mean, this doesn't exist anywhere, right? I think it does, actually. Yeah. I think that cottage actually exists. You probably could rent it out for kind of £500 an hour. No, no, genuinely, I think it was set in... It's set... I mean, the film is set in Surrey and LA. I genuinely think that... that I mean, I just had a quick look on Wikipedia uh, during the film, actually. <laughs> <laughs> during, that's how boring how this film <laughs> It's like, it exists. Um, genuinely, it's a, it's a genuine cottage because I was thinking, fucking hell. Nowhere, I remember I was thinking, nowhere looks like this. And genuinely, it is a real place in Surrey. Oh, great. Genuinely. Well, there you go, guys. That's where you can go next Christmas. Here's a question. You know, they were like teasing us during the film when Jude Law kept getting a call from a girl's name and then another girl's name. All his kids, all his kids, all, all two, two of his all kids. two of his kids are under like seven years old. Yeah. Why do they have mobile phones? <laughs> that... Shouldn't it just say home? Or... The wife's name or the yeah. ex-wife's name? Or no, he... That was stupid. Did the ex-wife... She, she died? Dead. She was dead. Okay. Yeah. So she won't be calling. Well, hopefully not. So who looks after the kids when... The Christmas miracle. But who looks after the kids when he's not there? I know, because like, at times he'd be like, just sleep go over. to bed and then he'd fuck off somewhere else. No. Social services. Nanny. Get the nanny there. But there maybe wasn't the, a nanny. Maybe the ghost dog was looking after them. Maybe. You never know. But yeah, things like that just didn't... Just didn't... Didn't mm. correlate. There was that, the one bit that actually made me feel a little bit emotional, for real, not when I had the flu, but last week, was when they're in the tent and the girls are obviously so starved of like a female figure in their life. The, you know, the, the daughters. Oh, yes. I thought it was so sweet. When she's like, can you stay over? And she's like, maybe not this time, but maybe another time. So precocious, something, those kids. But something about the kids' delivery when she was like, <sighs> okay, that's fine. Like, it was really Gen- sad. Generally, really, really good little actresses. Because yeah. sometimes it's like little precocious la, shit. It's la, like, la, la, would la. you stay over? I'm an actress. Actress, I'm Matilda. <laughs> that kind of, you know, like, like the kid in Hook singing that song, like, Good night, uh, mum. I want my mummy. That kind of shit. But they're kind of like down to earth. I mean, like they're fucking annoying because yeah. they are precocious little like private school kids. Yeah. And, you know, we've all met 
parents who have these little kids, uh-huh. especially if you like work in retail, they come in. But genuinely, the least offensive ones I've seen in, in movies. Believable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Believably precocious. <laughs> Jack Black. Let's talk about Jack Black. All right. Jack Black is... <laughs> but genuinely, you know, he's... At the time, he was, you know, the zany guy. He had Tenacious D. And then for him to do this, I felt he was lost. Because for the first hour and a half, it was a cameo that came in. Almost like he was coming to the house going, Oh, no, I'm not in the script. Yeah, I'll go back. I'll go back. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then he did the blockbuster video bit. And I kind of felt, was that written with him in mind or was yeah, it they, they were all written for these actors oh really yeah all of them because i was thinking did he improvise that kind of <clears throat> skibbly do shit because he you know he's a singer no, he's I, a musician well he'd done school of rock so i'm guessing nancy myers kind of figured that he'd do some kind of musical. Well, school of rock before this i think it was 2003 right okay so i've he, never seen it yeah yeah so he he had that reputation as a bit of a music man but he came in his storyline started an hour and a half into the film and the film finished 40 minutes later so that was a really quick romance and they are fucking rude because they they i'm getting really angry now they helped they they like bump they they gave eli wallach's character so much confidence to go and get his lifetime achievement award and then they helped him with the script and then spoke to each other all the way through his script Mm -hmm. that's just fucking rude Don't go to the AFI and talk during a during a uh, you know a big acceptance speech. Yeah, I agree. I felt like Eli should have had his shining moment, and they should have given him their full undivided attention. Did this film take place over a year? It felt like it did. Didn't so it? much. Happened. Suddenly they're like, "Why would I go home at New Year?" Well, I is it New Year the following year? Because you yeah. probably should leave now. People don't fall in love that quickly, do they? And decide to spend all they that time together. That quickly. But. The way that Cameron Diaz's character and Jude Law's character were talking, it was like, finally, my missing piece. My jigsaw is complete. I couldn't possibly live without this woman who I know nothing about. I couldn't possibly live with this, without this man who, oh my God, he's got children. Yeah. And the same with uh, Kate Winslet and Jack Black. Oh yeah, why don't you just drop everything and come to my little cottage in Surrey for, for New Year? Yeah. Like I've in two days' time. for about five days. But I've decided you're going to come fly to New York. I mean, to London, wherever it is. Immediately when Jack Black came on screen with his his girlfriend, I was, it was like, oh, that's... They're going to break up. Yeah, that's not going to work because all the time, like the first meeting, Jack Black's like, oh, let me get that eyelash out of your eye and starts clawing through her <laughs> eye. Like he's literally elbow deep in her eye. <laughs> and, the, and I'm thinking, where's the girl in the car? Yeah. Is she going to get out and be She's like... watching. Mm. Don't touch my man. She's like, it's fine. With I'm your shagging, eye. I'm shagging somebody else anyway. Ridiculous. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. And it wasn't that funny for a film that's meant to be a comedy. No, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to remember the bits that made me laugh out loud. And Apart from the phone call any... and the blockbuster video part. Yeah, there really weren't that many funny bits. And it doesn't work, as a, it doesn't, sorry, it doesn't work really as a comedy. It doesn't really work as a romance either. It doesn't so work it, as a drama. Yeah, it works as a Christmas film because it's very snowy. Does and... it work as a Christmas film? Well... Everyone gets that happily ever after, which I guess isn't really a Christmas thing, is it? It's more of a Is it not? No, Christmas is miserable, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, no one likes Christmas. I've never really done Christmas. No, that's true. So I don't... I mean, to me, Die Hard is Christmas. Yeah. Goodwill to all men except German terrorists. Yeah, explosions are plenty. Yes. And a bit of eggnog. And the partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) (laughs) 
so that was The Holiday, directed by Nancy Myers. We want you to join the conversation. Tweet us your thoughts and your reviews and wish us happy Christmas at Torn Stubbs Pod. Even if you're listening to this way after we've released the episode. Why not share some Christmas cheer and give us five gold, I mean five gold stars. Five gold stars, says the Jew. We love a five star rating. Uh, tune in tomorrow. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Because ah. we're back tomorrow and we're also back on Boxing Day with another episode. Three this Christmas. How fucking lucky are you? We're just the gift that just keeps giving. We're off to swap houses. Until next time, which is tomorrow, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut!